0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to More Than Macros Radio. I'm your host, Coach B. Let's talk about how I can help you figure your shit out when it comes to all the BS and the trends in the nutrition and fitness industry. I am a nutrition coach that understands the hurdles that women face every day, as I, too, am a wife and a mother, which is why a sustainable lifestyle can't just consist of tracking your macros. Join me each week as I, or sometimes we, talk about everything from health, wellness, nutrition, mindset, body and fitness. The goal of this podcast is to have you think more about your habits and behaviors, your relationship with food, and for you to get really curious about where you are right now and where you want to be. If you've been struggling with your health and wellness and achieving your goals, you cannot afford to miss out on this podcast. Thanks for listening. Let's dive into today's episode. back to more than macros radio i'm your host coach b and today is kind of like part two to client struggles where it came to um macro tracking and hitting targets um i think it's important to kind of dive into like the client struggle portion of the meal prep side of things and the planning because that's often why clients struggle with hitting their targets because they just don't have a plan so I think that what's really, really important, um, is to just kind of dive into the basic foundations, I guess, um, regarding meal prep and planning. I think it's important to take the time to look ahead. If there's one thing that people don't do well is anticipate. Okay. So like, for example, I mean, my daughter plays a lot of basketball, right? So, I know her schedule in advance because her coach has either provided me with a schedule or my daughter has. So I look ahead to see what that looks like. So what weekends are we away? You know, what nights or days of the week does she have basketball, that kind of thing, right? So that's even part of what I do on a regular basis. If I were to explain how I am pretty much um, in tune as to what's going on, like I'm always, I'm somewhat always uh, prepared, okay? Okay but it's because I look ahead at my schedule. I know when I'm working out, I know what I'm doing on a regular basis in terms of like, am I recording podcasts today? Do I interview clients? Do you know what's going on here? Right? So plan for what is going to happen later is super, super important so that you can set um, your future self up for success. And really that's what it comes down to. And I'm not saying that you have to like fine tune it to a point where you're micromanaging every hour you know of the day and every day, day of the week or whatever that looks like. I think it's just to pull out the big parts of what could often be an obstacle for you or some kind of barrier. Okay. So I think that meal prep and planning can absolutely look different for everybody. Um, some people like to meal prep or plan for an entire week. Okay. Others like to do, you know, I don't know, three days in advance. Some people just like to do it day to day. Maybe it's just one meal per um, every single day that they struggle with. Okay. I think that what's important to understand about meal prepping planning is that it takes the decision fatigue out of the equation by having that plan in place. Okay. So I think that you have to find what works best for you. Don't assume that because people suggest that you have to look ahead and meal prep for days. Like don't, don't assume that that is what's going to work for you. I think you have to find a method, a way that looks like something that you know you're capable of doing, I guess, is really easy. An easy way to say it is like, are you capable, and or do you believe that you are capable of planning at least breakfast, um, and you know, or buying the groceries for you know at least the next three days, and then prepping those meals, right, or whatever that looks like. Some people like to cut their vegetables up. Some people like to cook enough protein for like days. Some people will do it and then freeze the food. Okay. So I think that you just have to figure out what that looks like for you. And then with that, you have to carve up, like carve in, is that the word that I'm looking for? The phrase carve out enough time, um, and free up that time. Okay. So that, you know, um, like especially during those busier times of your life, um, and you need to do that by looking ahead. Right. So like an example again would be like, I'm in school right now. So, It's fairly busy, but I know what has to be done today. So like I have to be really intentional about my time and where I'm spending it. Right. And that includes, you know, what do my meals look like during the day versus what they look like before I went back to school. Okay. It might've been easier for me to just like go downstairs and make myself something, you know, like a wrap or whatever, or kind of like just look in the fridge and be like, what am I going to have today? Versus now I kind of like have an idea of what I want and I'm going to probably utilize a lot of same Um, food, you know, choices like similar meals on a regular basis for those times. Because if I'm super busy, it just, it again is taking that decision fatigue out of the equation. So some things that you can think about are what days do you want to plan on? Okay. So some people like to plan specific days of the week, like Sundays are always like that meal prep Sunday type of scenario. Um, what days do you want to plan for? Okay. So that's really important days you want to go grocery shopping. So like no one says you have to go to the grocery store every single day. I personally like to go every other day because of produce. Okay. Um, but not everybody's that same way. So you got to figure out, you know, and not only do you want to figure out the days that you want to shop on, but maybe what time, because I've heard this a lot where I'll have a client check in and they'll be like, well, I'm going to go to the grocery store tonight. And then when they check in, they'll say, I didn't get to the grocery store that night. So I'm going to go to, you know, I went the next day or whatever, but still didn't have a plan in place. So like every time they delay that, it makes it more difficult to, you know, then follow through the next day. So is going to the grocery store going to work if you said, I'm going to go after work? Um, Is it going to work if you said, "Um, I'm going to go and pick up a few things on my lunch break, or I'm going to go on Friday after work or Saturday morning? You got to pay attention to that as well, because again, if you fail to follow through with the basics of going grocery shopping, what are you preparing then? Like what, what do you have in your fridge or your pantry? That's going to help you. Okay. I think that, um, when I see the, the phrase carving time for me, it would be setting a non-negotiable and time blocking. So I think that should be flexible though, because it can change every week, even to the day. But if you were to look at your schedule and, and say to yourself tonight, I am going to take two hours um, on Sunday morning and you time block that now, then you know that you have that time put aside and it's non-negotiable. But because you've said it in advance, it's now a little bit more flexible to pivot So maybe you've said that, so let's say for instance, today is Wednesday and you've looked ahead and you're like, okay, Sunday, I'm going to meal prep because I'm going to go grocery shopping and do all these things. And you say Sunday morning, but then on Friday, so this is Wednesday, but then on Friday, your mom calls you and says, I would like to go for brunch with you Sunday morning. Would you want to go with me? Now you can pivot and be like, okay, so I'm going to go for, for brunch with mom. And then I'm going to go to the grocery store and then I'm going to meal prep. You know what I mean? So like, if you know in advance, it makes it so much more easier to pivot. Okay. Um, I think that there are some real basic things that you can do when it comes to, um, meal prep. And that would be like the things that you do within the actual, um, I guess the mechanism of like, what will your, what, what will be the end result if you were to do the step first. So like in order for you to, you know, have, vegetables at supper. What do you need to do in order to do that? So, basically, you can pre-cut your veggies, okay? And you can wash vegetables, whatever that looks like, okay? You can pre-wash fruit, but doesn't mean you have to cut them up, right? But you can still do that as well. Um I think that what helps a lot of people in setting them up for success when it comes to meal prep is using things like like doing a an internal um audit of their kitchen to see what appliances they have. So, if you have a slow cooker, Utilize it. Use frozen vegetables to throw in stir fries, chili, or pasta dishes, okay? Because they are just as healthy and provide just as much nutrient value as your fresh, okay? And let's be honest, if frozen fruits or vegetable make your life easier and allow you to adhere, then fucking do it. Okay. Um make one dish possibly that you can spread over a couple days. So like an example would be like, if you were to like, actually, I'm going to use my example. If I were to make tacos, so like, you know, the traditional taco Tuesday, fuck, I don't care what day of the week is. If I choose to have tacos, what I'm going to do is make enough beef and enough rice to also make rice bowls and vegetable bowls. So like, it's great that we have tacos and I can make a taco salad out of that. But that's the thing is if you have the basics of those like, that I guess the foundational foods that you require in those meals, like I need ground beef for to be a beef taco. I need some rice because that's what I want to have either on the side or even in the taco or burrito. Um, like having those readily available and cooking extras is going to make my day, my days thereafter easier. So, um, if I were to make tacos tonight, taco salad, I would still have the beef, the rice and all the vegetables, but then maybe tomorrow, I just want to have tacos and, or maybe now I'm going to make like, um, a beef quesadilla, but also too, I could just have beef and rice and a stir fry, right? So when you take some of those basics and make enough, you can spread it over. But it's also like, if you were to slow cook a recipe, do it for a couple of days. I like to do, um, like specifically more for my husband than anybody else, because he's somebody who ends up, um, having to, he's, he's somebody who often likes to have, um, uh easy accessible foods right and so for him it's maybe it's more or less a um make a you know a shepherd's pie and then he can have that for a couple of days um but it's really things like that that make it a little bit you know easier or it's like having that stir fry and having it over a couple of days making a lasagna and having it for a couple of days the, you know like there's there's no reason why you can't have casseroles and stuff and i think that's where people get caught up in like oh i can't have those because somehow a casserole isn't healthy enough or it doesn't fit your macros, but that is not true. Those are the assumptions we make around food and why it makes it so difficult for us to, you know, really follow through with meal prep. Okay. Um, another really great appliance that you can use are blenders and, or, um, your food processor processors and, or air fryers. They make life easier. So use them, get those appliances if you can afford them, but if you can't, there's no reason in this world why you can't use your oven to cook things and stuff like that. Right. But I think A basic slow cooker is easy, but you can also just stove top cook every single one of these things. Okay. Now, when it comes to tracking, I think this is the big, this is the big one, right? Planning your tracking is what often can be what is going to make or break your success if you're specific to fat loss. Okay. If you don't know what you're eating in advance, playing macro Tetris can be very, it can really throw things off. So if you were to, if you were to really be, um, you know, uh, I guess disciplined, I don't want, I don't love using that word discipline, but if you were to be proactive in wanting to get these results, you would want to set yourself up for success by committing to, I don't know, five to 10 minutes while you're watching TV the night before and start putting in your, meals, and, or even a skeleton. And that's what I like to say is like a skeleton of protein, and then start to fill in the gaps with your different other food sources. Okay. Because it is easier to have a plan in place than to try and track as you go, because often you will run out of macros and, or calories, and you'll be like, Oh my gosh, I'm over. Or now you're force feeding yourself or doing things that just don't make sense. But if you have a plan in advance, now you can pivot. Number one, if something comes up, and you don't, you can't follow through with what your, your, your original plan is. Now you have the, you have an idea of what that day would have looked like if you had followed follow through, but now you can also pivot and modify. But if you don't have a plan, what do you modify and what do you pivot on? Right. You don't know. Um, I think that it's really, really easy to go with just a calories only approach first, and then start to develop into like the calories and protein but that depends on your level of tracking. And I've talked about that on a previous episode. It's like, you have to figure out where you're at, right? Just because a coach or somebody suggests that you have to track all your macros, that's not true, okay? So figure out how many, um, or build your day on your calories first, then your protein, and like I said, build a skeleton. Building your protein first, the night before, and then following through with adding carbs and fats, those types of food choices to equate to your calories is going to be a game changer. And then what you could do is you take you know, um, uh, those meals and those things that you've done, and you can start like duplicating and replicating throughout the the week. No one says you have to be a gourmet chef. Okay. Um, figure out how many meals on average you like to consume. Okay. So are you a person who eats three meals, four meals, five meals? What does that look like? Okay. Um, when it comes to protein, it's really great to take your total um, protein target. So that could be like, whatever it is, like 120 grams, 150 grams, whatever that is for you and then divide it into each meal you have to plan for. So that that's why it's ideal. Like you can plan calories first and just do that. But when you start to get into the nitty gritty of like what this looks like in terms of like total um, protein, um, targets, it is easier to then say, okay, well, I plan to eat four meals. If I divide these four meals equally, this is what my protein targets would look like. This is what my serving sizes would look like. Okay. Um, I think that if you were to take the protein too and pairing it with your carb, And your fat is easier than trying to be like, what am I going to have? How much protein is in this? You know, oh my gosh, there's too much protein in this carb. Like at least if you have your basic protein choices, your sources of, 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 um, complete proteins, then you can make those adjustments as you go. Uh, I think that it's important to plan any fun treats, fun foods, whatever you want to call them. The, uh, I guess less nutrient dense foods, put those in your app plan for them right? Because that's important too. That's how we adhere because we are not restrictive. Okay. And then I think the other thing is, is like, instead of trying to recreate everything, like I said, you can use these meals to duplicate, replicate throughout the week, whatever that looks like, but adjusting your serving sizes and quantities. Um, and you can start with like protein macros, like quite often I'll have somebody say, well, I have to hit 120 grams of protein, but I'm only hitting hundred what do I do? And I'm like, they might, they assume like they have to start eating all this different types of proteins. And I'm like, no, you could start with where you're at and start adjusting those protein serving sizes. So maybe this person's only having half a cup of, um, or half a scoop of protein powder, put a full scoop in. So you're not changing the food source, but you're changing the quantity. Okay. And then you can do that even with your carbs and fats. If you start to get into this place of like, I can track all three macros, then you can start making adjustments to the servings versus trying to be a gourmet chef, okay? But I think that that's what I would say if I were to summarize that specific phrase is like, here's what not to do. And that would be, don't try and be a gourmet chef. Um, I would advise that once you have one day figured out, so again, take 10 minutes the night before, plan your day, okay? Copy and paste it and utilize that for a couple days. And then you can start changing a few things here and there, but try not to be like, okay, well, I made you know, pancakes for breakfast today, but then tomorrow, what am I going to have? I'm going to have like oatmeal and, you know, I'm going to add eggs on the side and I'm going to make some toast and you're going to do all these things. Like, no, you could have pancakes every single day. You could also have oatmeal every single day, but why, unless you truly are that person who cannot handle eating similar food every single day, then, I mean, honestly, being a gourmet chef is often what will, will, it'll stall you because then you begin to you overthink everything and then you're always in your fitness pal and you're always trying to micromanage everything take a step back what foods what choices do you like to have on a regular basis okay and and work from there um when you have a plan in place then you can plan and manipulate your day quickly and I've kind of already alluded to that and I think that's really really important The less decision-making that you have to do, the better the long-term adherence, okay? You don't have to overhaul your entire day, and you can simply start with switching out different foods and to begin to play with serving sizes like I'd mentioned already, okay? Now, again, I'm going to kind of dial this into the the final thing that I think is important, and that's specific to grocery shopping. You always hear people say, don't shop when you're hungry, and I would agree because we... (laughs) we'll start, we'll start to like go down aisles that we've never gone down before. Um, but maybe you, you, um, will choose things that you would never have really made that decision before. You know, like it's just something that's foreign for you, but Hey, it looks good. But I think what's important is that you have a plan. Okay. Like I said, figure out when and where you want to shop, um, what you're shopping for. So have that list. And I know most people use their, their phones and stuff like that nowadays, use that list though, like create the list. Okay. Um also too if you have recipes that you specifically want to try, make sure you bring those recipes with you and or write down those ingredients, okay? Don't shop hungry as I'd mentioned. Um I think that your food choices should support um you with building meals rather than just snacks, okay? Because you can snack, but if you are someone who often feels like you're hungry all the time and you're still hitting your targets, it's quite often because you're not building meals that you eat yeah you're hitting your targets but you're eating little tiny meals all throughout the day and it's not really it's not providing satiety um it's just simple processed food so like what i mean by that is like yeah you can have a pop tart but if you eat pop tarts you know a couple times per uh, you know for you know every day or every other day and you feel hungry all the time but you're hitting your goals then you need to switch that food out so make sure that you are shopping for food that are um, or ingredients that are going to help you create meals, okay? Rather than just snacks. Um, pay attention to what's going on with the seasons. So, in you know particular um, times of the year, there are more there's more or less availability to certain produce. So, I think that's important too. Like we all like. I mean, I I tend to eat lighter, more salad based type of stuff in the spring and summer too because it's hot and nobody wants to really cook. So. I think it's important to pay attention to that. And that's where you might have to switch into, you know, into a winter season, depending on where you live, where you might have to switch into more of the frozen and um, versus the fresh type of scenario with fruit and um, vegetables. But pay attention to that. Also too, like what type of proteins do you like, not like. I think that's really important. And to lean into a little bit of that discomfort of trying new things. Read your labels, get to know what's in your food, what's uh, what the serving sizes um, are, And I think that it's important to understand your grocery store. Now I would say, yeah, definitely stick to the perimeter for sure. Because in most cases, grocery stores are set up that way, but that is not always true. So if that's not the truth in your area of town and and when you go into your grocery store, it's kind of just like a, it's a combination of a whole bunch of things. Then I think that it's just important. Um, And I actually, I could use Walmart as an example of that because our Walmart superstore is, you know, you've got your like, home stuff you've got your bathroom stuff you've got all the things you got clothing and then you have your grocery store on the one side but that perimeter of that grocery store doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be equating to what you would see in another grocery store right so i think it's just important to visit all areas of the grocery store okay the aisles are going to have your produce or sorry your processed foods like that's everything where everything's boxed the out the perimeter is going to have your dairy it's going to have your proteins your deli meats all of those things your produce right So, and bakery. So you just have to figure out what it is that you need and go to those places. Don't avoid areas of the grocery store. I think it's important to get to know your grocery store. Okay. And I think that you have to go with your list and choose what's on your list unless there's nothing available and just follow through with that. And if you should want to have something, have it. But here's the last thing. The temptations are going to be there. Okay. So my advice to you is this. When you're in the grocery store, If there are trigger foods that are there, leave them. Unless you feel like you can absolutely plan in advance for these things and you can follow through. I think it's important that you don't have these in the house yet. Not until you are absolutely ready. Okay. And when I say trigger foods, like these are the ones that would stop you in your tracks and be like, I can't stop having them or I have to have them. Like they call your name. Like if you're that person who. You know, Lay's chips cannot be in your pantry because you see them and you have to have them. Don't bring them in the house. Okay. Not even, maybe even the small bag. Okay. Um, I think that if you have foods that are more of that cautionary or green light type of scenario, bring those in, right? Cautionary, like yellow light type of foods are going to be ones where you like them and you can be tempted, but you have control. You know when to stop and you feel confident in that. Okay. With green, you love them but you can stop at one. You know with no like there's no doubt. And like for me, like I could say for for uh like a temptation for me that I really like would be a peanut butter based anything, dark chocolate, chocolate based stuff or anything cheesecake. But I can have that in the house and choose to have it or not. Okay? So even though it's a temptation, it's not something that triggers me into having it all, right? I can have a bite walk away or I can have I can I can see I can look at it in my fridge for days and it not bother me. Okay. Not everyone is there. And so like again, I would just kind of like have that um yeah, like have that mindset of like the red would be stopping, yellow is more of like cautionary foods, and then green is like, yeah, it's a go. Like I can have them and I love them and I want them in the house, right? Like you, you enjoy them and you include them in your planning. Okay. I think that if um if anything else too is like if you are experiencing any sort of craving Um, while you're grocery shopping is just to be, um, aware of that quite often, maybe you're hungry and the smell of, you know, like the, the fresh bakery or even like the rotisserie chicken, um, maybe, you know, you smell the chocolate in the air or you see the fresh, you know, baked bread and stuff like that. I think that it's just important to be aware of that. And, you know, like just ask yourself this question is like, do I really want to bring it home? Is this something that I'm going to plan for? Am I um, able to do that? So if I, if I were to look at the, the struggle and when I hear clients say they struggle with meal prep, they st- struggle with planning, they struggle with hitting their targets. A lot of it has to do with just understanding where you are with food, your relationship with that, but also to what are you willing to do to manage that? And I think that's where meal prep and planning, um, can absolutely play a significant role. Now, last thing, I'm not a person who, uh, meal preps anymore. I do plan in that I grocery shop and do those kind of things. I look ahead, like I said, but I'm not somebody who preps every single day. I do. I am aware of like what I would want to have the next day. Like, so like I say, it's planning, but I'm not like I have to have a certain amount of something made every single day. Um, I just know like my husband needs food the next day. I can kind of, you know, navigate the best way I can because I'm here, but I don't necessarily live out of Tupperware for myself. There was a time in my life where I did that for many, many years. To me, that's not necessarily a lifestyle, but I know many people. I have clients that live by like live and die by that. And that's fine. I guess my take home message for you is this, just because it works for one person doesn't mean it's going to work for another. Right. And you don't have to assume that you have to do all of those things. In fact, I've had clients say, I've tried to eat like you. There's another, you know, person that I follow and I tried to follow her meal prep, you know, ideas. And I, what I did is I ended up taking a combination of both, but I couldn't see myself doing all the things that she was doing. And I think that there's a few things that you don't do that I think I can incorporate. And so like using ideas is fine, but I don't think that you should assume that because you see someone with their TikTok or their Instagram with their like 20 meals lined up and you know, their exact portions of beef and rice and veggies, like that's something that you have to, you know, um, work towards. No, because again, you don't know what's going on. That might be their only meal that they do and they freeze the rest. You also don't know what's going on, like what type of goals they have, what their, you know, um, relationship with food and their own body is like, there are so much more to just what people are doing than, just fat loss, right. Or changing their body composition. Maybe they are people that require this structure because they've never been somebody who's actually, you know, had a meal plan. Like they've always been like eat out and they want to try and reduce that. So again, what works for some for people doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for you. And I think that at the end of the day, it's really, really, really important to find the best method system or whatever that is for you. Okay. You can macro track or you can choose not to, but regardless, because remember macro tracking is just a tool. It's a, it's the metrics. It's not the diet. It's the diet is going to be a calorie deficit, right? Adherence is the key. So for, for some of you in order to adhere to whatever it is that you're doing, whether you track it or not is going to be planning, right? But again, if it's specific to macro tracking and why people don't hit their targets, which is really what the client struggle was, is then you should be planning in advance. So to summarize that, look ahead, plan in advance in terms of like what those obstacles or barriers are, anticipate them as well. Okay. Take out five or 10 minutes of your day, carve out that time, whatever it looks like to plan your meals and or just your protein or calories, whatever that looks like for you. Figure out a grocery plan, grocery store, you know, um, shopping day, whatever that looks like, figure out what ingredients and all of those things are. And again, this doesn't go in any particular order. You don't have to follow that. But I do think that there's a lot in this episode that you can take from. They're simple strategies that you can walk away with and become a better planner, a better somebody who's more prepared. Okay. Because if at the end of the day, your goal is fat loss, adherence is that ticket and you have to find the best way. Okay. That's it. That's all I have for this episode. Stay tuned for the next one and have a great one. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it. And don't forget to tag me at motivate and be fit and follow or subscribe on the podcast app of your choice. And please don't forget to leave a review on Apple podcasts. This allows the podcast to grow while helping more people figure their shit out. Chat to you next week.